I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And we coming from our basement to your headphones, barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. Thank you for downloading the Podcastianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome back to another season of the Podcastianos. I, of course, am Jordan Hall, and I'm joined, as always, by a man who's just awoken from his winter hibernation. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, how have you been? Uh, you know, I'm stretching. You know, I'm, I'm hairy. I'm disoriented. I'm scratching myself. Just coming back to life, you know? So winter. You, so you're a, hu- a human bear. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, my kids have had like a thousand days off school. The weather is terrible. It's it's almost hard to think about spring, isn't it? Um, I don't know. My wife actually just bought some tul- tulips today. So that, that kind of made me think of, of spring. I don't know. Tulips? That sounds like a lot of work. You gonna put them in the ground now or what? No, they're they go they go in a vase. And anyway, it wouldn't be work for me. It's, it's oh, not like not like tulip bulbs. You bought like the like actual, actual flowers. Yeah, well, that, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not buying flowers to put in the ground. Who has who has time for that? And then the <laughs> then the turkeys come and they they just eat them. Hollanders, Dutch people. Yeah, I, I, stupid, I, stupid turkeys. They're all they're filthy in my backyard. Stupid turkeys. We're under a minute into the new season, and the turkeys already have more mentions than the Detroit Tigers. You know, the turkeys might be as good as the Tigers this year. That's true. Not going to lie. Um, so what, what has been your winter highlight? Uh, since, I mean, it's been like five months since the last time we recorded. Has anything new happened with you? I, the listeners, they want to know. Well, I got to see you. You came yeah. down to GR. That's a highlight of anyone's life. Oh, I'm, t- um, I'm touched. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I did some downhill snow skiing, which is one of my favorite hobbies. Oh, so this is that. something you do regularly. Okay, so this isn't like a first time at it. No, no, I'm, you know, uh, I'm a, a mediumly accomplished skier, downhill skier. You wouldn't you wouldn't guess that by looking at me. No, I would, I, I know how to ski. You look more like a bunny hill type. No, no disrespect. No, no, no. Uh, res- disrespect taken. Come on now. So, no, I, I like to downhill ski. You did some of that. It's funny. I actually have a winter uh, winter sports story, too. I went curling on Saturday. Um, yes, tell us more about most, this. It is the most random thing. Um, so one of, one of the – I have a friend who's very into curling, and his wife set up um, a birthday party at a curling club, which was literally halfway across the state. It was in Lewiston which I did not know existed um, until this party. Um, so there's like a gas station there, a burger place, and a curling club, just as as there is. Um, the, the facility looked quaint. It, it There was two lanes. There was, there was two lanes. Um, and this is obviously more Sussman's, um, his, his genre yeah. than us. But it's so much further than it looks. That was kind of my big takeaway. Like, when, you know, I watched on the Olympics <laughs> a couple times. Um, right. It is so far. Like, how anybody can throw the rock or the stone, whatever, with any sort of accuracy is just beyond me. It's nuts. It was difficult for you. Yes. And, and I'm not to, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a relatively coordinated athletic dude. And I, it was just a whole nother world. 
the yes, you're you're a stallion for sure. Everybody knows that. <laughs> everyone knows that. But the the thing that I found interesting was the sweeping. Like everyone knows sweep, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like so, I, I did it, and I've had other I've had other people sweep for my stones. I'm not entirely convinced that it actually does anything. <laughs> I think they were just like, all right, what can we do to keep everyone else that's not shooting right now from getting bored? Why don't you guys yeah. like I don't I don't know sweep the ice like you guys could do that and that, and I think it just caught on from there. It's like a placebo. You think you're helping? Yeah, maybe. yeah, definitely. Um, did uh, you fall? The, I did. The, the important question to me is, did you fall on your rump? I don't. I wouldn't say that I like fell on my rump. It was more so you're kind of low when you release it. So it was more sure. just kind of like a tipping over as opposed to a falling. But I mean, definitely, definitely ended up on the ice uh, as, as far as that goes. Have you ever done um, foaling, the football bowling thing? I did no. that this winter as well. Interesting. Explain no. that to so us. So they set up – so there's two – there's one in Grand Rapids. There's It actually originated on the east side of the state, and it's called the Foaling Warehouse. And it's it's a bar. It's an excuse to go drink with your buddies. But you set up these 10 pins, and then you throw a football at them to try to knock them down. That this sounds the way easier than actual bowling. There's no way I couldn't yeah. knock down ten pins with throwing a football. Oh, there, there is a way. There is definitely a way you can fail to do that. It takes a little while. Interesting. You should check it out. Yeah, we should, we yeah, should. that was fun too. Um, so our buddy Keenan uh, at Tigers underscore Lifer asks us: More likely to win an Olympic gold medal or a World Championship? You, as in you, in disc golf, or me in curling? Which I thought that was an interesting one. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you have a little bit more practice uh, with the disc golf. But I don't know. I, I had I put two of my five shots right into the house. So I mean that that's pretty good for a starter. The answer is definitely you winning a gold in curling because the disc golf. Okay, the 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 world champion disc golfers or anybody in the top fifty in the world is throwing the disc five hundred feet, four hundred fifty for sure, probably five to six hundred feet tops. I can throw on a good day maybe three eighty. Man. 375. I thought, you were, I thought you were stronger than that. No. I might, might have to right, re, re-look into who I'm doing this podcast with. I need somebody that can at least yeah. put up 400. It's weak, it's weak sauce. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that the ice is far, mm-hmm. but you can at least get it there every time. So I feel like we're yeah. Definitely you. Okay. Um, so let's jump right into this week's leadoff question. What is your most memorable birthday or birthday-related experience? Now I feel like you should give some context to this all. I'm well. I'm I'm going to. Mine is the story oh, that this is mean, related oh. upon. Yeah. Okay. So me first. Me yeah, first. You all first, right. of course. So um, I this is a a cautionary tale to all the youths <laughs> out there. I feel like we can all tell okay, where if this you're one's a, going. If, you, if you're a young adult listening to this or a teen, let that let Papa Wayne tell you tell you a story. Okay. Gather round. Um, so I was young in my business and I had a really good year and I was kind of brimming with bravado and just hubris. And I'm like, I am going to buy a new truck. Oh, that's not where I thought this was going. So no, I went, I went, no, it's not going there. I went to the local dealership. And there was a little bit of a tax break, and I'm thinking I'm kind of puffing out my chest. Oh, I had a good year. This is going to be great. I picked out a brand new Chevy Crew Cab pickup truck, and I, um, you know, I had some down payment, but I signed the my name on the loan and borrowed a bunch of money. And on my birthday, I, I picked it up, and it was a brand new off the dealership lot pickup truck. And I thought it was pretty big stuff and it was fine. You know, I made, uh, you know, but I had payments on it and I'm making a huge payment on this thing all the time. And, uh, you know, in my subsequent months and years and eh, not as good. And this thing became a burden. Was it, was this right. pre or post so Mrs. Wayne? It. I'm curious where she factored into this. Post Mrs. Wayne, but pre children. Okay. All right. All right. So she was, she was kind of going along for the ride. And so it was, it was a fine thing, but I will never buy a new off the lot vehicle again. It was just a poor investment, but I was young, but I still remember my birthday going to dinner and, and pulling up to the restaurant 
in my brand new truck. I felt like pretty boss. So that was what, like your 64th birthday? Uh, laugh it off. Um, so the reason I asked this question is on the 6th, what was that, last Wednesday, I turned 30. Um, now you can laugh at me. I, too, am now officially old. Um, but like That's Eric right. said, we met up in Grand Rapids. I did a, Whitney and I did a bit of a Grand Rapids coffee crawl, which I don't know if that's a thing, but it's what I drink. So that's what we it's did. Um, yeah. met up with you, which was very nice. Um, you gave me an extremely well-decorated gift, um, something that I'll forever hold near and dear <laughs> to my heart. Um, uh, saw, saw the blue bridge, obviously, um, went, went to Hopcat once again, obviously. Um, so that I mean, it was it was a good birthday. It was it was something um, worthy of turning the next full number. And I and obviously I like um, when you know it's a round number, so that that obviously helps. Yeah. Yay! Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, all. Thanks. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can on Twitter. I am at Jordan Hall twenty three. Eric is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. On the Instagram, I am at Jordino four. Facebook.com backslash podcastianos. And we'd love it if you'd take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. And it's been five months since the last time I said that, and I still didn't even have to look at my notes. I've said it enough times. Um, it's just second nature wow. at this point. It's like a drop. It's a drop of sweet nectar on the tongue. Mm. <laughs> Enlivens the, the senses once more. Exactly. I'm Blaine Hardy, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. So it's been a full five months since the last time we recorded an episode, and shockingly, almost nothing has changed. Rod and Mario are gone, but that's pretty much the big difference between right now and the end of the season. Um, right. There's been just as much or more excitement in the booth, I, I feel safe saying, than on the field almost. Yeah, yes? at, least, at least been some intrigue. Who who are they going to go with? What What's going to happen? Um, it's... It's been some soap opera stuff uh, with that relationship and who did what and, you know, uh, Rod kind of blaming the media that wasn't accurate but not really deny. So there's been a little bit of intrigue there. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a classic, classic move. I, I think it's interesting that the media media is blaming fellow media like I don't know. Typically, you assume that's yeah. an on the field type of type of move. But. Um, yeah, yeah. Rod tried to diminish and deflect, but not really deny. Yeah, yeah I'm well. kind. Of, I'm I'm putting my. You can kind of see what I'm thinking here, and that is, I'm mostly Team Mario. I feel like Rod was out of line for um, beginning initiating this physical altercation. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. I I would love to have done a, a show right after. So we could have gotten our, gotten our hot takes in there. I, I don't necessarily even have any takes left. I'm I'm bummed that Mario's gone. Um, it's yeah, it's going too. to be an interesting booth this year. We'll we'll just put it that way. Um, yeah, maybe we'll set up set aside some time to talk about if we're pleased with the new. Wherever will we find time this time of year to talk <laughs> about such silly things? <laughs> um, but before we jump too much into spring training, some of the storylines entering camp. Why don't we take a step back and kind of. Examine the overall state uh, and health of the organization. So I was thinking about it. I got the oil change this morning, so I, I had some time in the waiting room. Like, the plan right now is relatively straightforward. We're going to suck for a while. We're going to dump a ton of payroll. We're going to blood some of the youngsters and stock the lower levels of the system. And then in 2021, start to spend. I mean, that's pretty much where we're at, right? Yeah, I think so. However... I mean, there is this thought that uh, rebuilds are not slam dunks. Uh, rebuilds um, can be from a set timeline to a perpetual rebuild situation pretty fast. And teams can get into perpetual rebuild situations where they simply fail to start spending some money. Mm -hmm. and getting key people. The the argument against the perpetual rebuild fear uh, is to get a couple good free agents now, like we did with Maglio, like we did with Pudge, and use that to spark the regeneration process. Yes. That thought coupled with 
some changing wisdom around free agents and how a lot of free agents are getting frozen out of the market. And there's some whispers that owners are simply um, colluding to not sign good quality players for what they would have gotten in years past. I, so, I very much buy that. There's certainly that dynamic at play. I, I don't know. I mean, this this extends to to Harper and Machado. I don't I don't understand how there any other explanation for what's happening other than a kind of wink, wink, nod, nod. We're driving these crazy, you know, contract prices back down. But that's that's for a different show. Um, so just in general, the way that we are. Uh, this was this was your phrasing. The way that we're approaching the rebuild. Do you think that we're being smart yep. or that we're being cheap? I I get that we're trying to be smart, uh, and that we're being sold this uh, you know trust the process line, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, we got to get bad and get those high draft picks before we can be good, and that will work for a little while. When you're selling off players and you know uh, trying to get draft picks, farm and all that stuff, that'll work for a little while. But I get a little ornery. If we're going to be on this uh, four, five, six, seven year rebuilding cycle where the rest of the league isn't talking about the Tigers, we're not relevant to the the competitive conversation. I get a little ornery with that. And that can uh, um, brain can turn into thriftiness really fast in my estimation. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. It was about this time last year, maybe a little, little later in the year. You were talking about how the new market inefficiency um, is the the one to three war players um, yeah, that are Tokar's just is big on this that yeah. are just getting mm-hmm. completely overlooked. I don't understand why we have literally nobody to play second base while DJ LeMahieu signed a relatively inexpensive contract. Even Neil Walker signed for a decent amount as Drupal Cabrera, Daniel Murphy. Like there are lots of guys that would have made us not, they're not going to make us, you know, not contenders for a top draft pick, but they would just make us a little bit fun to watch. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like it's, um, and, and Adam Jones still sits out there. You know, we could have Adam Jones playing center field for us. It wouldn't cost us an arm and a leg. And he is a pretty good player. Right. Well, the players are are suggesting that teams aren't trying to get better. Yeah. And and honestly, they aren't. Verlander tweeted that. What was it? Was that today? Yeah. He went on that rant? Today, yeah. And even for the internet, the responses to that tweet were mind-bendingly stupid. Um, but once again, that's oh. that's a very different show. Um, well, it's I think rank and file fan Joe fan out there tends to be on the side of their team naturally, which generally means on the side of their owner. Yeah. So they think of thriftiness as value because they see it from the team's perspective where, you know, in other circumstances, you would be on the side of labor. Yeah, of course. But in this case, labor, the there's a lot of zeros behind it. So you don't tend to think that way right away. Yeah, At least fan, most fans don't. So I guess where I come in on the whole sm- uh, smart and cheap thing is I don't necessarily think that we're currently doing anything specifically dumb, but we are certainly doing our rebuild in a completely unimaginative way. Um, sure. Like, when the ass take the Astros for example, um, when they, you know, completely tore it down to the ground, they ended up with guys like Evan Gaddis, um, as Drew, mm-hmm. not as Drew Booker, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, Yuli Gurriel, right. some of these guys that they had in place for when Bregman and Correa and some of these guys broke in. They're like, okay, so there's a there's a foundation to build on, and we can go from there. They didn't just get up, you know. Manning and Fayetto and Burroughs and Franklin Perez and think, okay, now let's go. You know, that, that wasn't right, their, right. that wasn't their MO. And I kind of feel like that's where Avila has us going. And I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not, it's not my favorite idea in the world. Yeah. I mean, you just can't race to the bottom. You know, in fact, I'm seeing some of this stuff with the Pistons. I know on basketball is different, but there's no pride in sucking. No. To me, there's not. 
if you if you want to take you know same thing with the Lions. Oh, we should go. Oh, here we go for a draft pick again. You know why you're you're excited about draft? Uh, you get excited about draft picks, high draft picks when your team stinks, and that gets old. I, I stop stinking. Try to be good. You play to win the game. In the words of Herm Edwards, right? Yeah, and the thing with 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 tanking in baseball is it's not like you're going to get the number one pick and there's a slam dunk Zion Williamson that like <laughs> slam dunk that that was actually a really good one boom tish um, that that's immediately going to come in and help you that is a finished product that you will plug and play and will be awesome. The difference between one and fifteen, like. You know, sometimes there is a, you know, Bryce Harper out there. Most of the time there's a Casey Mize who's safe and probably a good choice at number one. You know what I mean? Like there's just, far less certainty in baseball. Yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't connect for me. Like there's yep. there's in in football, in basketball, there isn't necessarily a ton of point to being mediocre in baseball. Like if we're picking 14 and we just barely miss out on the playoffs, that's way better than picking fourth and having no interest after you know may 15th but i, I guess right. that's just me um okay so that is oh uh front awful approval rating as of right now for you front office approval rating yeah is that what you said yeah um i i'm a little every time every once in a while i see something that concerns me like there was an article i think um I, I can't I, I can't say who wrote it. It was on um, Bless You Boys about how the, the Tigers are concerned about strikeouts. And Avila had a quote and um, Garden Hire had a quote. Oh, yeah, we need to do better on our two-strike approach and make more contact and all that stuff. And that's not where the rest of the league <laughs> yeah. is. The rest of the league is, hey, we're going to beat this shift and beat this thing by hitting a bunch of home runs. Yeah. We're going to put more power if we strike out. Yeah, so be it. Um, and that's just kind of more the the choke up and make contact is kind of old school thinking. And like we need to get smart with our approach and our attitude up and down the organization. Yeah, it's not even smart. It's just kind of modern and up to date. Like, I, I don't necessarily think that it's all that revolutionary that we need to, you know, go research. Just look at what everyone else is doing and do that. And we'll be we'll be on the at least a similar playing field. Um, so I have a tweet here. It's from at Comeric Eric from today. Uh, he tweets, according to hashtags zip 19, because you obviously wanted to get in on that sweet, sweet zips chatter. Um, if oh, the yeah. Tigers produce twice as much war as their projections at every position, they are still over 13 games worse uh, than the Red Sox normal production. I tweeted it to you, is good. that bad? And you and the answer seemed to be yes. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. So, I, you know, I thought, well, you know, what do the experts know about these predictions? You know, what if each player was twice as good as they predict? Well, you know, we'd, we'd run, get a win World Series, right? Mm. Nee, not necessarily. Funny thing is, we were better at the corner infield positions than the Red Sox. I'm just using the Red Sox for funsies. <laughs> um, every place else we were worse. I that's very true. much believe that. So, um, yeah, we have a long ways to go. We've sold off a lot of pieces and it's, it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be a slow climb, but we, we need some incremental improvements. Ugh. Yeah. And, and, and if you look at the raw, I mean, we'll obviously get to this more in, in the coming weeks, but if you look at the roster right now, who, mm. who do you see that you're like, okay, this year they could show promise. Like you have jamer and you have stewart uh, yeah i was gonna that, say that's it. That, that's it i mean some of the you know stewart no. Fal yeah fulmer could take another step forward or even just a step back to where he was uh but, jacoby jones i mean he is a candidate Maybe? for that but i mean is there any indication yeah. he's going to no not really i guess i guess norris would be another candidate but norris would be yeah that's for sure norris um, okay, so it is what looking at my, uh, February 11th pitchers and catchers report tomorrow and realistically all of you listening it's probably today you know you'll be seeing videos of stretching and bullpens and um, so let's run down the four biggest storylines that I came up with while sitting in the in the uh, oil change uh, waiting room um, as we're going into camp. 
Are you are you ready? I, I put these in a, a Letterman style countdown. Uh, number number four. Right, let's do it. Is uh, six into five. We write on the on the big league roster. We have six realistic candidates for five starting pitching spots. Um, yeah. Obviously, based on the six names, they're not all going to be healthy at the same time. Um, but are right. any – so if you take six and turn them into one meld of five, uh, is our rotation going to be any good? Uh, no. No. It is, no. <laughs> it is no. not. No. Okay. So um, who do you of, – of these three names, who do you have the most confidence in? Boyd, Fulmer, Zimmerman. Those are the, our big three. <laughs> Who do you have the most confidence in? I mean, obviously, Fulmer. Um, anytime that he's healthy, he's going to go out there and take the ball and probably give you six innings. Okay. I mean, I'm not, based on last year. I, I'm, I'm, sure I'm, seeing pic, I'm seeing pictures of him. He's got a knee brace on, and I'm just thinking, oh, boy. I wonder okay, how this so, is going to go. Gotcha. I thought we were talking when healthy. You're, you're talking just oh, current no. condition. Yeah, I mean, uh, opening day comes, and our first trip through the rotation. Who who are you most trusting? I, I, mean, I guess Fulmer. I I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, realistically, you look at the six. The only person that has a chance at making thirty five starts is Boyd. Like there, there's literal zero chance uh-huh. that any of the rest of them do that. Which Correct. is why you have six. I mean, I I, I titled it six into five, but we essentially right. have six that you know, combined could make the amount of starts that five normally would. Um, at uh, Tigers fan mags, Adam Langworthy asked, will Daniel Norris get a chance to stick at the, in the rotation this year? Uh, I've said this before and I was wrong before, but yeah, he, he absolutely. You just got to plug him in there and and tell him, hey, you're going to get two months here. We're not going to take you out no matter how many bad starts you have. We're going to see once what you can do and here's your spot. Right. I mean, I mean, but that, I thought that previously and then they they not bump him around and he's, you know, I don't know. But here's the thing. Like, why do you sign Tyson Ross and, and Matt Moore if that's the plan? They had to have been given some sort of yeah. indication that, hey, you're going to come in as a starter or else they would have tried to revive their career elsewhere. Um, yeah, I I think I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't use Norris in that role and just let it ride with him until he either sinks or swims. But I think he is the odd man out, at least until you know the first injury hmm. man it's he just seems like so much promise and then now a bullpen piece i mean to me i think you still have to see once what you have with him oh but... absolutely I, we're definitely on the same page i, I just don't yeah, think I that's going to happen until there's an injury which inevitably there there will be probably before before the spring is over um very disappointed that they completely took away all the chances at starts from blaine that's more of a joke. I mean, Blaine's still going to make some starts this year. Um, so, yeah. uh, so let's let's talk about Zimmerman a little bit before we we move on. Um, he ended the year halfway decent. He he's your ultimate when healthy. He's not probably not going to be terrible. Um, what what right. kind of confidence do you have in him going into 2019? Um, not a ton. I mean, his floor is higher. If that makes sense, oh, then yeah. uh, then almost everybody, I would say, he's he's very workmanlike. Yeah. I would say, um, he's he's powered through kind of the injuries he's had. He but he doesn't have that elite zip anymore. He doesn't have that wow factor. But he's mm-hmm. got a pretty high floor. I mean, I I think he's going to be workmanlike. Yeah, um, he, <laughs> I yeah. feel like. For him, at this point, if everything goes according to plan, he's going to be a slightly above league average starting pitcher. Like, that's kind of the um, – that's what we're hoping for from him. And honestly, at this point, that would probably be uh, getting as much money yeah. back on that contract as we could hope for. <laughs> he's making a lot of money, and we need him to eat up a lot of innings the best he can. I mean, you hate to say that, but hey, but it's uh, we're true. paying you – Pitch a lot. Here you go, friend. Yep. Um, and one more thing uh, before before we move on, I really like the Tyson Ross signing. I think that the dude can pitch. He was he was in demand. Oh, no. at He's the... doomed now. <laughs> That's probably true. Sorry, Ty. That that, that no. one's on me. Um, 
But no, he has good stuff. He's had good stuff for a long time. With him, it's all about health. He was rolling early in the season before, I want to say maybe a shoulder injury or something. Um, I think there's still some life in there. I'm, I'm that one. I was excited about. I've, I've always been a Matt Moore fan. You know, talented lefty. I'm, I'm obviously a sucker for that. But I'm, yeah. I'm probably been burnt too many times by Norris to get too awfully excited about that one. Okay, let's move on. Uh, number three is titled "Who Plays Second Base." In my notes, I have a lot of options, all not ideal. Uh, yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, obviously, your opening day kind of best bat is Nico. Mm-hmm. Good rum. Yeah. And I think he sees. Oh, not not the other Nico. How many Nicos <laughs> do we have? Um, so who else do we have? Ronnie Rodriguez. Uh, I believe he's called El Filino. El Filino. Yep. Yes. Uh, uh, Sergio Alcantara. Yep. Or is he only shortstop? No, he can play. If you, play if you can play shortstop, you can play second. Uh, Dowell Lugo still right. still around. L- Dowell Lugo, mm-hmm. who's kind of a another bat first second baseman. Yes. Yes, I think one might question how bat first the, the or how good that bat <laughs> bat first right. is. Um, and obviously, we brought in, in Gordo uh, Gordon Beckham. Oh, Gordon Beckham, rookie of the year. Um, oh, a lot, lot of promise there. Uh, we also have um, Caleb, Will Caleb Maddox. Coward. Who? I mean, C- Caleb Coward. The um, oh, the uh, the, the bowl two way player. Yeah, and he's a middle infielder. And Brandon Dixon is on the uh, forty man or on the uh, spring training roster. I mean, he'll he'll get some uh, reserve minutes there. Um, sure. Yeah, not not a not a who's who of, of second baseman. Um, right. Like like you say, Ron uh, Nico is obviously the best bat there. I mean, but he's going to play all over the place. There, there just isn't anybody in the fold that can kind of lock that position down on a, a se- even semi-permanent basis. I wouldn't think. How about Willie Castro? Yeah. We traded him. We got him for, for Martin. Um, Martin. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's close. Right? He played a lot of trip, uh, double A last year. Yeah. So I mean, he's a prospect. Maybe there's not exactly a ton of names keeping him out of of getting a chance. I, I guess I don't <laughs> right. see why not. Yeah, I mean, we a guy like that maybe you see this year. I mean, it's a little early, but you know, towards the end of the year, maybe you see a guy like that. So, I mean, I'm clearly they're looking to see what kind of pops in spring training. Do you think that there's a? I mean, are there any names here that you think could potentially become guys that can that can hold? Like, are you going to second base? Yeah, like, are you going to look at at spring training box scores expecting somebody to become a second baseman? Like to become a guy for us? No, I don't know. Spring training is so tough to tell. But I mean, if a guy like Willie Castro or, um, it, yeah, I think that's probably you the him where if he really shows a lot, you say, oh, like opens your eyes. Maybe he could be an everyday second baseman someday. Right. Um, but we kind of know what we have with Nico. We kind of know what we have with Ronnie Rodriguez. And I feel like to a lesser extent, we kind of know what we have with Lugo. I mean, Lugo's young yet. He could he could show you something a little bit more, but maybe Lugo. But yeah, I, Lugo is where I lean there. That's that's the one guy that I will I will look in spring. You know, what, what did he do today? Um, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not expecting to see much, but that's kind of I think he's the only option that that we have that could t- potentially take that next step. Okay. Number 2, uh the Nicholas saga in parentheses, what are we going to do with our hashtag brand? <laughs> um yeah. Ben Decker at bdeck2112, what are the chances of Nicholas Castellanos being on the opening day roster? If he is, when will he get traded? I mean, that's that's pretty much where we're at at this point, right? So he's going to be on the opening day roster. Yes. I mean, most likely. Yeah, he's not getting traded in spring training now. The, I mean, the question is, does he get moved before the deadline? Um, there was some controversial con, um, comments by Al Avila where he said, uh, we have virtually no interest in Nick Castellanos. There's no market for him. And people were kind of getting on Al's case for showing his cards too much. Like, oh, you're doing a bad job of marketing your guy. But, I mean, to me, it was kind of like, well, he's probably just being honest. Um, I I would personally like to see 
him them ride out with Nick and try to resign him. If if indeed that is the truth, there's not a ton of high level interest in him. I don't know. What's your take? Yeah, I, I mean, I would I would agree with that. I don't necessarily think that it's irresponsible to put your cards on the table like that. I don't think there's any GMs out there that were considering him that think, oh man, well nobody else wants him. Like, and eh, maybe right. maybe let's offer either let offer less. Like they either want him or they don't. Right. But it, it does surprise me a little bit. Um, not so much that that there was an interest because he is a, a genuinely terrible defender at, at numerous positions. Yeah. But just that yeah. somebody doesn't want that bat in the middle of the line. Like it is a really, really good bat, specifically another American league team. Like, you know, I don't know all the ALDHs off the top of my head, but you got to imagine he's an upgrade on, on half of them. But the, here's a question for you. Yep. There is whispers even before this year that they might change the rules where they would bring the DL to the D, um, excuse me, the DH to the NL. Do you hold Nick in hopes that that rule change happens? Does it theoretically improve Nick's value significantly? Or am I overthinking that? I don't necessarily think that it improves his value. I just think it gives you more potential landing spots. I mean, okay. there, there's more teams that could potentially um, have the right pieces. But, I mean, he's he's going to have to put up similar numbers to last year if he's going to bring us anything. And that's the thing is, like— That's sad he, to he, say because he, he's got no glove. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't offer you anything but a middle-of-the-order power bat. There's no speed. He's not a particularly great base runner. He obviously gives you nothing in the field. He's just a very one-dimensional— player and that isn't going to bring you back a top you know 50 prospect like it used to people are people are think, smart now do you think you should the tiger should work nick out at first base <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't see why not i mean he's the thing is is there's only so many times you can shift him around like wherever he right i mean he needs to be in his forever position soon i mean he's got to be like what 20 six now like you at that point at, by the time you're that age you need to be where you're going to play he's never going to become i mean he's never going to become good anywhere let's be honest but he's never going to become passable anywhere until he gets a couple of years under his belt working on it and going from third to the outfield to third to uh, like i mean he clearly needs to not be at third but i could see his skill set playing at first um <laughs> but in a, in a more real sense, I don't really see his skill set playing playing anywhere. <laughs> Man, it's, it's such a tough call. I probably just leave him in right field and 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 let him hit. You know, he he hit. He felt comfortable enough out there where he was he was hitting. So that that that's all you're doing is you're trying to find a, a, a nurturing nest for his bat, really. Yeah, and place you can hide him. The thing is, is exactly. we've had some genuinely terrible right fielders over the. Over the course of yeah. the Comerica Park era, like he's but Nick he's worse. As good as Mike, you know? Oh no, yeah, yeah. Just I don't know that he's substantially worse, and we're not good enough that right now it matters. It matters, right? Okay. Uh, so, um, but he could get traded. But I, I, I hope I think he'll stick around. I think he'll stick around all year. Yeah, that that would be nice. Um, I, I could see him going at the deadline. It it all just depends on injuries. There's there's plenty of spots out that he could land. Um, if the right people went down. Um, and the last one, what are we going to get out of Miggy this year? Jeff Seidel wrote a piece in the, I think it was the free press today, um, that it's time to maybe move him to the DH, which is obviously a super original thought. Why hasn't anyone <laughs> thought of that over the last five years? Um, how, what percent of his starts do you think come at first base this year? Um, more than half. I mean, so two thirds. That seems fair. Yeah, because I think it'll be kind of a a rotation. So and uh, he'll get he'll get a fair share idea. Yeah, I, I think uh, two on one off. Whether yeah. the off is DH or or to the bench. Um, I think that's right. He's he <laughs> sound sound like Lynn, but he he looks like he's in pretty good shape. I mean, I've seen some videos of him on Instagram and stuff. Like he looks like he's ready to roll. Um, but he's thirty five now. Like. Yeah, that's the, ancient. The thing, it, I mean, that's amazing. That's only five years yeah, older it's... than me, and I think of that as literal ancient. But, like, the elite Miguel Cabrera that can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to, 
like not to be a Debbie Downer, but like that's gone. But he can still be a very good first baseman being, you know, 80 percent of what Miguel Cabrera used to be. Right. And I'm not even worried about his defensive prowess. I mean, if he switches to DH, so be it. We need him um, to become slowly turned into Big Poppy. Yeah. You know, put on a few extra pounds. That's fine. You don't have to run hard to first. We need you to stay healthy and we need you to mash the baseball. That's what we need. And it's not like his bat speed is really decreasing. It's just the injuries have kind of taken a little sting out of it. I I would say. Right. And if he's DHing that, yeah. Um, I think when we've seen slower bat speed from him, it's been related to injuries. I really think that. Fortunately, he's only under contract for another five years. So there is definitely a bright side there. Five years. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. All right. Are you ready to move on to whatever you're doing these days? Oh man. I tell you what, Hall. I think we're gonna bring back the classic. I've been um enjoying beef of the week but you know it's just so negative i i think i'm gonna bring back the power rankings i like this everybody's kind of wondering about power rankings we're gonna bring back the power rankings so this week for power rankings i have for you uh this i have been watching a lot of survival shows on television are you familiar with these at all uh alone on the History Channel is be my favorite, but also there's like Naked and Afraid, um, and there's also like YouTube shows where guys go out and they just go in the wilderness and try to survive. And I I find these shows very soothing and relaxing because it brings out your more primitive self, right? Sure. You're, you're spending, you know, you're connecting with the wilderness even if it's you're comfortable in bed and you're watching on a big screen. So, That's her. Uh, but right. I've been I've been thinking about this. I've been fantasizing about myself in wilderness situations, and I've been thinking about so, what so have the bring. listeners, I'm sure. Obviously, obviously. So I have for you the top seven and the bottom three uh, survival items. Okay, these are items that you want to take with you into into the wilds. All right. Yeah, this, this number is good. Seven, I'm excited. Number seven is a knife. You can do a lot of things with a knife. Cut branches, cut out, you know, skin a rabbit or something. A knife. A little surprised this isn't higher, but, but yeah. Oh, well, bear with me. Okay. Number six. Number six is a pot. These are super useful. If you're going to drink out in the wilderness. Oh, oh a pot. Your... Okay. To- no, totally not, different thing. Not not the marijuana. Okay. Not, not the reefer. No, I'm talking about an actual pot. So you boil up your water, you cook things in it, it keeps you healthy, get good water, you can put stuff in it, it's a pot. Number six. (laughs) Number five is like a hatchet or an axe. Okay. You you know, for felling firewood or in a pinch, you know, you can can hammer uh, posts into the ground or hack things apart. They're handy. That does seem like a thing you'd want. Okay, number four is a sleeping bag, like a like a fancy sleeping bag. Uh, it gets cold at night. You want to stay warm and comfortable in a situation. So this I'll, is like a camping bag. situation, not a survival situation. Because when, when well, you when you fall out of a plane, you don't you don't fall out with a sleeping bag, especially well, not a fancy. No, one. this is like a like a long term 
uh, yeah, survival camping situation. Okay, yeah, like if you're right. a contestant on a show or something and you're trying to make it, okay, you know, in the, right. in the wilderness. Right, so right. a sleeping bag is number four. I mean, that keeps you nice and warm. Got to get some sleep. Sleep's important. Um, number three is a tarp. Okay, yeah. You can, you can make a shelter out of it. You know, you can keep you off the wet ground. You know, maybe you gather water. And it's got a lot of uses, a tarp. Keep that, you out of the out of the wind. That's true. Okay. Number two is a, uh, a fire steel, or also called a ferro rod. You use these uh, to, to make fires with. That, that makes like, sense. Whoosh. You scratch them and you make a fire. Fires are super important and they're and they're kind of cozy. So <laughs> they are, yeah. You see, you boil your water. Fire is super important. Okay, uh, number one, you have a guess. A cell number phone one is a satellite phone. <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> right. uh, in my situation, I want a satellite phone so I can just call people and say, "Hey, come get me. Here's where I'm at." Yeah, that seems pretty important. Definitely. Okay. Bottom three, what do you think are the three, uh, not the worst items? I want to say the most overrated, you know, because, uh, you know, the very worst item would just be like, I don't know, one of the Kardashians or something like that. You know? I, I was actually um, thinking maybe some like enter, like a book entertainment type deal. Well, you know, that keeps you sane. Maybe that's important. Uh, the three most overrated survival items I have are number three is a slingshot. <laughs> You aren't hitting anything with that. Hey, you're not you David. You aren't shooting a squirrel. That's right. You're, there, there's no Philistines out in the wilderness. Just you need to foul. Okay. Number two is a compass. You think a compass is super handy. I can know where I'm going. Well, what are you – you don't have a map. How do you know where civilization is? There's a lot of different – To be settings. fair, if you just keep walking south, eventually it will get warmer. That's that's true. That's a lot of walking, but yeah. Yeah, well, it uh, depends on where you. I want the bear grills back. approach. And just you know, follow the waterways. So, oh yeah. Anyway. Okay, number one overrated survival item. What do you got? All I got any nothing. guesses? Bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. They're giving these people like a recurve bow. You're not hitting jack with that. If I'm taking something, I should have put it in the top seven. Is maybe a gun. I want a shotgun. I'm That'd not completely convinced I couldn't hit something with a bow and arrow. Uh, Are we talking about hit... like a, a Robin Hood bow and arrow? Like you pull it back and you let it go? Like I could for sure yeah. hit something with that. Okay, with the new modern compound bows, you they're pretty they're pretty sweet. You can you can hit a lot of stuff. But if you're talking some recurve with cedar arrows or something like that, you're not hitting jack. Oh, no, I I for sure am. I probably could do better than that than I could with the the modern bow and arrow. I don't even know what the modern bow and arrow looks like to be completely honest. I have I have a fancy PSE compound bow, the the, the single cam and the carbon fiber arrows. I mean, come on. Those all step sound it up. like things. Yeah, release and overdraw and all this kind of stuff, yeah. Back in the day when I was at, uh, in high school, I used to work at an archery pro shop. Oh. Things to learn, huh? Yeah, definitely. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the Podcastianos. All right. Uh, let's let's move on to my, my bit. Um, so I haven't seen <laughs> anything on the side of the road because it's winter and there's a butt ton of snow. Um, so is it okay if I tell stories about the Traverse City Meyer instead? Sure, please. Um, this is Happenings from the Traverse City Mire. <laughs> Go ahead. So if, if any of you follow me on Twitter, you know that I absolutely despise the Traverse City Mire. There are constant – okay, I'll, I'll get into it. Um, so I had a bit of an encounter with the PR department of, of Meyer. Um, are, are you familiar with the NBC show, uh, show The Good Place? Uh, I'm aware of it. I couldn't tell you anything about okay, it. Okay, so it's about heaven, I think. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's funny. Winnie and I just just watched all of it. Um, so in 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 the the cre in the show, there's a good place which would be heaven, and there's a bad place yes. which is based on hell. Um, and I tweeted that the Traverse City Mire is probably the literal bad place. Um, and the, uh, you know, and I obviously tagged Meyer cause I'm about that life. The Meyer corporate account <laughs> tweets me back and says, um, would you DM us? Uh, we'd love to hear more about your experience. I'm like, well, I wasn't going really? to, but you're asking me. So here we go. So, you know, I, 
I DM'd them and I'm like, I realize that you're, you know, I work in social media too. Like I know that you're the social media manager, that you're not the ones, you know, bagging groceries and stocking shelves. So I'm going to try and be civil here, but you asked the question. So you're going to get it all. Um, so <laughs> I told them, you know, whenever we go to your Meyer, the, the lines are out to the close. You know, if we go at a time when there's nobody in the store, there's two lanes open and they're out to the close. If we go in a time when there's, you know, everyone in town is in the store, then there's five lanes open and they're out to the, like, it's, it's just always out to the close. And then they, so they, you know, DM'd me back and said, oh, that's interesting. We'll pass that along to the Traverse City Meyer team. Like, if you're not, like, yeah, sure you will. Like, if you're actually, if you're not going to do anything about it, why did you tweet me and say, here, complain to me? Like, I, I don't understand. So that was, that was my run-in with the, the PR department at Meyer. Um, but the story I really wanted to tell is, so you know how they have, like, the, the bagging carousels that, like, go around in a circle? You know yeah. what I'm talking about? So, I, um, uh, when I'm, you know, I'm waiting for them to you know, put my groceries in there. I'll always like fluff up the bag so that it's open so they can just put the oh. stuff in. Like I, I'm trying to be it's a, a Don good, Kelly move. Right good there. Samaritan. Well, so I, you know, after this was, I don't know, back in the fall, I've, I've been hanging on to the story cause it's such a humdinger, but so they, you know, I go and, and pull out all of my bags and open them up. And then when, when I'm done, the lady like spins the thing all around and then she Check. proceeds yeah, to check, make sure there's nothing in any of them. She proceeds to, like, push close all of the bags. I'm like, what are you doing? You're literally just making harder on yourself. I just did something nice for you, and all you're doing is crapping on it. She unfluffed your she fluffing. She unfluffed it. Like, what purpose could that possibly serve? She didn't like your fluffing. I guess, I guess not. So anyway, um, that's stories from Meyer. I, I'm not sure. We'll have, to, we'll have to come up with a better name for that one. Yeah. Nightmares from Meyer. There you go. All right. Let's move on to Twitter oh, questions. Um, yeah. Twitter questions. What do we got? If you submitted a question this week, like, and we don't read it, don't worry. We have a ton of them. Uh, so we're just going to ration so them. much pent up energy, <laughs> ration them out throughout spring training because spring training is very long and nothing happens. So the first one comes in from Holback R. Um, what would it take for the Tigers to re-sign Iggy? Money, like just, just us money. to buy a lot of hot and ready's. I mean, is that what you're talking about? What do you What do you think? What kind of contract does he get? I don't know. Uh, like two years, six, uh, eight million. No, I six think he's million. Not even that. To get a second. I, honestly, at this point, I think he might struggle to get a a one year, two million contract. Really, that bad? Ooh. Maybe you're right. I, don't, I mean, Chris, who, who Chris is Iad, who is really down on Iglesias? He probably is thinking, uh, yeah, he, he's on your train. He's not going to get a major league contract, which is crazy to, in my mind. I mean, I guess you're signing him to be a reserve middle infielder at this point, which is something people could sign. But I mean, no, nobody's looking for their opening day shortstop right now. Like, that's not a situation that any team is in. I heard the Marlins might be a home for him. But if you're signing with the Marlins, you're not making big money. No, they don't. They don't spend big money, um, and also that would be a wildly uncomfortable um, tenure there. Uh, uh, at Ken, or Kenny Holmes at underscore Kenny Holmes asks us: Would society be better today had Harambe not been brutally murdered three years ago? Oh, get over Harambe's <laughs> animal! Stop it. He for sure, or the the world for sure would be a better place. Do you think we're, we're like living in a a divergent timeline from Harambe, like, you know, the pol political situation would be different. Like everything would be di different if Harambe would have lived. Probably. Probably. I mean, I haven't thought I mean, about I mean, that. It's, it's but a maybe. classic butterfly effect situation. Yeah. That was the inflection point for our society. Yeah. yeah I think. Yeah. We, we, we reached the, the top and we're either going to keep going up or we can start going down. You know, we shot that, yeah, that beautiful monkey, and it's just been all downhill since. Uh, Ashley McCrandall asks us, uh, should there be a DH in both leagues? Something you actually brought up earlier. Yes, I, I think so. And not because I'm so married to the idea of pitchers shouldn't hit, but I like uniformity. And it's so goofy to have the two-league thing. Like, every 
at level, essentially every level of baseball has the DH, except the National League. There, I guess there's one league in Japan that that doesn't have it. But just add the the DH and be done with it, and we're all on the same page. Here's my thing with this: stop trying to kill the character of baseball. Baseball is a quirky game. The stadiums, they're oh, not geez. all the same. The dement, you know, the dimensions are not all the same. Some face this way, some face. Baseball is, you know, it's, it's been around forever. It's quirky. It's cool. Just leave it alone. Like it being different in one league and the other. I think that's cool. Obviously, what I think should go. Um, so yeah, let's let's go ahead. They're probably. How so about we bring the DH uh, everywhere, but then we bring back the jersey D design. The jersey D. What are you? The Jersey D, because well, the 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 old English D on the jerseys, we got rid of that quirk. Makes me sad. Are you not aware of this? I don't know. Honestly, because last no year, for the first year, we had the the pointy D on the jersey, so they matched the D on the cap. The old English D. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me about that. Only nerds knew that. But um, yeah, you, dude, everybody you knows that. <laughs> sure. Well. Be just nerds, <laughs> just nerds. Um, at Bill Getchman asks us, "How nice is this season going to be?" AKA over under sixty nine wins. How many wins did we have last year? I don't know. Look it up. I think, I think we'll win. We started out kind of hot at the beginning of last year, didn't we? Yeah, we were not <laughs> terrible for at least a bit, and then things went downhill fast. I say we win. Probably the same number of games we won last year. Okay, so we won 64 games last year. I yeah, think we are three games better this year. So still not quite a nice season. All right. But that's a good question. Um, Eric Lloyd, at Eric Lloyd, has Avila answered what this kind of rebuilding process may do to Podcast Yano's listenership? Has anybody asked? Does he even care who he's hurting? Think about the brand. Um, it, seriously, though, I mean, sure, I'm guessing there'll be fewer podcast listeners, but I'm guessing there's probably fewer people parking in Olympia lots. There's fewer people eating at restaurants. There's fewer people coming downtown. Like when you had three million people every year coming into Comerica Park, that has to just be a whole so much bigger revenue base than what they're going to have this year. So I, I, you'd think there'd be some motivation to get good fast, isn't there? Wouldn't you, there be? You would think so. But we do have Detroit City FC, um, which is the single one of the single greatest um, things to ever hit this, the city of Detroit. So I'm assuming they probably uh, even themselves yeah, in Hamtramck. That means nothing to me. I know I know that that's not in Detroit, but as far as the actual ge geography, I have no idea what that means. Right. Um, David Nowishevsky asked, should Mourinho take over uh, for Avila in the Tigers' front office? Also, welcome back. Um, no, he shouldn't because he's spending all of his time slipping on ice and looking like an absolute fool right now. I'm glad you could answer that question competently. I mean, I don't. It's it's not really a, a serious question. I don't I don't know that there is. <laughs> I don't know that a competent question. I mean, it was it was more just a joke that he's a he's it's a good and a fool. Um, and we're finally rid of him. There's a lot of soccer questions. I tried to only pick one per week. Um, yeah, one and, per week. And our buddy Jacob Skronik asked, if you could pick one player to plan a family vacation, who would you pick and where do you think they would send you? Which is, is a brilliant question. And he actually sent us hmm. another brilliant question that I wanted to give us you know, some time to think on. So we'll do that one in the coming weeks. I'm going to say Jacoby Jones, and we're probably going to Vegas, and we're going to strip clubs <laughs> <laughs> with the <a> family. <laughs> Um, the first one that came to mind was was Norris. We'd probably be going surfing. Oh, I'd nature. love to know where G Money would send us, though. Pro probably a, a yeah, probably a casino of some sort, based on you know his French history. French port or something. Yeah. yeah. Also, where, where do you think Brian Pena would send us? I don't know what what the the whole backup catcher thing is, but <laughs> some of the more interesting. Brian Pena's so happy, we'd probably end up at Disney. He we'd seems be like a happy-go-lucky guy we could do worse um so anyway if you want to have your question read uh tweet us i think just at the show would probably be best at podcastianos um and if you want to get in touch with eric or i i am at jordan hall 23 eric is at comeric eric and on the instagram 
um, I am at Jordino for you have an Instagram, don't you? Are you just Comeric Eric there? Yeah, yeah, Comeric Eric, yeah. Facebook.com. Yeah. You can check me out. Facebook.com backslash podcastianos and review us. It's very helpful. Um, so that's all I have planned for tonight, Eric. Um, do you have anything else to say um, before we get out of here? You know, it's just it's like we're, we're, we're getting our legs underneath us again. Well, it's, you know, we're like a baby giraffe plopping down to the earth from the mother giraffe. And our, our spindly twig legs are, are finding, you know, their balance once more. Why do I ever talk? I should just set you up to say nonsense like that for an hour once a week and just call it. That would be so much better. That was a good metaphor using like or as, as you know, somewhere my English teacher would be that proud would be of a, me. a simile. Simile. Yeah, I, I don't remember anymore. A simile is a metaphor, <laughs> literally using like or as. <laughs> I'm married to an English Thanks, major, so it's it's nice. it makes sense that I know that. All right. With that being said, uh, we will catch you guys next week. And eat them up, tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.